1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today.
1: And away we go. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY. Dan Stratford, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours talking week eight in the NFL. We'll touch on some Major League Baseball as well. An 18-inning World Series game last night. And the Dodgers win, thank goodness. George, George, how are you doing this Saturday morning?
0: Is the game over? Did somebody <laughs> Did they win? They just finished. Oh, good, good. I'm glad it ended before the show. Uh, my God, it's a never-ending baseball game. It wasn't even exciting. I mean, they were they, it was three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down. ago. Like, oh, my God, I didn't think the game was ever going to end
1: impressive also that uh, they both scored in what the 13th with throwing errors <laughs> like that it was just uh, ugly baseball uh, until Muncie hit the home run in in the 18th but we'll see how the ramifications of so many pitchers going so many pitches thrown uh, a late game how that plays uh, into game four do you want to get George's take of course on on uh, Some happenings from the week. We'll talk week eight. We'll go game by game as we always do here on the show. If you have questions at FNTSY Radio, again at FNTSY Radio, we'll open up the phones in the second hour, 844 843 6879. As always, want to hear from you and uh, help you guys set your lineups here in week number eight. But, Georgia, I, I, I didn't get to hear. How do you feel about your new wide receiver?
0: I mean, it, listen, I think the trade was a bad one. I do. Uh, tough me to justify uh, sending away a first-round pick. Uh, but that being said, I mean, could, could it work out for the Cowboys? Of course. This is not a wide receiver-heavy draft for Dallas. So assuming, assuming Dallas doesn't bottom out and finish, I don't know, 4-12 and 12 and ends up being a top-eight pick, uh, I mean, Cooper is only 24 years old. If he uh, does turn out to be the player he used to be, then it works out for the Cowboys. They get their wide receiver, but it's dangerous. I mean, first of all, to give up a first-round pick, you are assuming that there are reports that Philadelphia and Washington and maybe another unnamed team were in, involved here. And they say Philadelphia offered a number two. So Dallas had to outbid that. But then again, Dallas's number two would likely still be lower than Philadelphia's number two. It's, it's hard for me to get behind it. You know, there's also the school of thought, Dan, that, well, now that, that you have a number one wide receiver there, now you get to really judge Dak Prescott. Is he a franchise quarterback? And I get that, too. Because Dallas needs to find that out. I don't think he is. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. He's an average NFL quarterback that sort of gets you through. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. But what really bothered me was something that Jerry Jones said this week. I, mean, like, I think he said it <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I get that. Yeah, he says a lot of things that should bother me. But he said, uh, you know, well, we were going to take it for a, a receiver in the first round of the draft. How the hell do you know that? Does Dallas go into these drafts knowing what position they're going to take, uh, uh, position as as far as NFL position? How do you know at your pick in the draft, 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, whatever it would have been, that a receiver was the best player? You know, I mean, that's what what drives me insane about Kevin, how they judge players. I mean, you should be going into a draft saying, okay, we have a couple of players in mind, but let's see who falls to us. Let's see the, the talent that's there. Not saying we're going to get a receiver no matter what, even if he's eight spots, we have eight other players that rank better than him, but we're going to take a receiver because that's what we need. I mean, I think it's, I think it's backwards thinking on Dallas' part.
1: Uh, it's going to be an interesting one to track. That's for sure, just uh, how, how it turns out. And to your point about the draft, it's it's almost, and I am, not, I am making the analogy. I don't know that it's analogous, but I will make the analogy of your fantasy draft where when you're picking 10th, you go in saying, I'm taking a running back. That's a dangerous yes. mindset to have. You know, it's a it's a dangerous mindset to have when you're creating a team because you just don't know what the other nine teams and nine owners ahead of you will be doing. And so, for Jones to say that can't say that's very uh, hopeful <laughs> for the way the process will go uh, again in the Dallas draft room. But uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Do want to get your take here, also Will Fuller going down with the the torn ACL and, and you know. It's just terrible to see. He's had a a very fine career, had a breakout night on Monday night. I'm Sorry, on Thursday night, I should say. And uh, two, uh, what was it, five catches, over 100 yards, a score, looked great, and then on a deep ball late in the game, torn ACL. I, I don't know that we can necessarily do, who do you run to the waiver wire to pick up, but... Who, who is out there? Like Who are the names from a, a waiver wire perspective that people should have been picking up uh, after that injury or plan to, you know, depending on when the waivers run uh, week nine waivers, you're trying to get somebody onto their roster to potentially at least give you some upside with Will Fuller out.
0: Well, the first thing you were hearing, of course, was just, you know, Kiki Cutie uh, because once again, he's the backup there. Uh, he was out uh, Thursday with the, uh, I think it was a hamstring injury. So he, he went, didn't play, but they'll have 10 days to get him healthy. Listen, there could also be a trade. It seems to be a very uh, you know, trade-friendly NFL nowadays, certainly more than it ever used to be. So that could happen. They have a trade deadline's 4 o'clock Tuesday. So maybe they're a team that goes in on Demarius Thomas or Kelvin Benjamin or one of the other names we've heard here. But as far as guys who are out there who might be available, I mean, the pickings aren't great on you. It depends on your 10-team well league, 12-team league. There could be guys out there. But as far as who could be available, it's not great. Jermaine Kearse could be there. But, you know, once again, you're not looking for someone for this week because your game's already passed. And maybe curse is already gone. Maybe curse, who had a a donut last week, doesn't do much this week. Uh, Anthony Miller is someone who could be there. Uh, that's out there in some leagues. Pretty much anybody on Seattle outside of Lockett and Baldwin, if you believe there. Uh, but it's, it's, the bottom line is not a, uh, not much. I mean, Richardson and Crowd are hurt for uh, Washington. Maybe you want to go doxin, Only person left. You know, but once again... Mm, not great. The good uh I shouldn't say it's good news, but you have to wait till after this week's games anyway. So maybe some things will filter themselves out and there'll be people that sort of fall that are available. But uh to be equal or fuller, no, you're not gonna get equal or fuller. That's uh it's not a devast it's not DeAndre Hopkins you lost here, but you lost somebody valuable, especially with Deshaun Watson looking like the Watson of old again.
1: Yep, and that's uh where I wanted to go to next year, just a, a look back on Thursday Night Football, 42-23 Texans win uh, over the Dolphins. Watson very efficient here, George. 16 of 20 239 yards, 5 TDs. And Lamar Miller he's done it a couple of weeks in a row now. 18 carries, 133 yards 7.4 yards per carry, 1 TD. 1 do you think Deshaun Watson is a you know quarterback here, top 12 rest of the season? Obviously matchups will, will depend a little bit there. And are you believing in Lamar Miller? Is he finally back, back to being a, a potential RB1 week over week?
0: Well, as far as Watson, yeah, I think Watson's back in your, your QB1. Uh, you're not worried about him anymore. He had to get over the injury. Uh, it goes back to that game, that Sunday night game versus Dallas. He got killed. They kept running him to the outside. They kept letting Jalen Smith take shots at him. It was just stupid. Uh, and it, it caused him a chest injury. I mean, you saw it last week. Oh, I'm sorry, it was two weeks ago. Whenever he wasn't on the field, they were checking his heart. His heart with that injury. And then he couldn't uh, he couldn't they didn't want him flying to Jacksonville for last week's game, so they had him take a bus to the game instead. But he could play football. Can't fly, but you can play football. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, perfect sense here. So uh, you certainly had to be worried about him, but he's okay. Bottom line he's okay. Now you're starting him again as your your quarterback one. If you didn't start him Thursday, I don't blame him. Because with qu- quarterback being as deep as it is there were other quarterbacks I would have started over him this week because I needed to see him have a good game first. Last week was not a good game, and if you maybe Dalton, I might I would have started Dalton over uh, Watson this week. Uh, no problem admitting that. Uh, I think that would have, would have been the right call. I wouldn't have gone down to someone like Keenum, you know, because, because he's playing uh, Kansas City and starting him over Watson. But there are several quarterbacks. Uh, Golf, I would have started over him against Green Bay this week. Uh, I just would have made that decision based on Trubisky with the Jets. I probably would have done that as well. Jets are banged up in the secondary. Uh, but if you're a Watson owner, yeah, yeah you're probably – and you didn't start him. You're not going to make up the 40 points yet. It's 40-plus points. Uh, but you'll come close. I mean, you'll probably at the end only lose 10, 12 points. So it, uh, hopefully it's not a killer for you. But you look at the bright side, hey, at least you got him back and you could start him again.
1: <laughs> That's absolutely right.
0: And Lamar Miller, what are, what are we doing? Are, are we believing? You know, I've got a lot of questions about him. Well, not a lot, but I've gotten, I've gotten a few questions about him this week. And generally they are, well, can I release Dr. The, the Foreman now? You know, can I release Foreman now? And the answer there is probably yes, depending on who you're picking up for him. That's always the, uh, pretty much a stock answer. I can't just tell you to release somebody unless I know who you're picking up. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lamar Miller has looked good. I mean, listen, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Funny how he's playing well now that Foreman's on his way back. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's picking up his play. You know that always drives me insane. So the old contract year thing—they only play, only play well, well when it's in their best interest to play well. So uh, that does bother me, but doesn't matter. He's playing well, so I think you can let Foreman go. I think you can. Uh, not that the is not a running back one. He's still going to be a, a mid-range, a low-end running back too. But things are seem to be coming together for Houston, right? I mean, they're playing well. They're winning games at the top of that division. So yes, I think. Uh, I trust him more than I did, but it's it that doesn't put him in. A, as I said this is not a running back one. He's a low end running back too.
1: It feels like a division, George. They could slowly walk away with, um, pretty pretty handily with uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville. Listen, I, I'm a fan of what Frank Reich is doing with Indianapolis. They just don't have the pieces this year on the defensive side of the ball to to make any sort of headway. And I know. The NFL seems to have gone away from even playing any semblance of defense, but uh, they they can't stop anybody. Uh, the the last thing as we go through this Thursday night game, what what's your thoughts on this Miami backfield? You got split carriage, twelve for Drake, twelve for Gore. This is just going to be par for the course the whole week, isn't it? Uh, the whole year, I should say.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But uh, Drake will be more involved in uh, other things other than the run game. He can catch the ball. He's got speed. He looks good again. I think at the beginning of the year he didn't look good for whatever reason, and Miami didn't trust him. I know he had to, obviously he had the fumble a couple of weeks ago at the goal line, which hurt, but they got him the ball right back. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's also one of those situations where, you know, when you bring in Frank Gore, future Hall of Famer, he's not going to sit on the bench and watch. He's just not. They're going to play him. It was unfortunate. You would have rather seen you know a more traditional backup there. And Gore, when he's played, he's played. I wouldn't say he's played great. He's played okay. He's been solid. And they just trust him more. Uh, you know, it, it's whatever Adam Gase is going to do, it's hard to tell with him. Uh, he's not the greatest head coach on the planet. Uh, But bottom line is, you know, if you're showing Drake or Miller, I'd probably rather go Miller. But Drake has more upside. You know, he can hit big plays. But there are also going to be games, especially now Miami's sort of falling apart in some ways. Where he's just, you know, it's nothing. It's, you know, 12 carries, 39 yards, and that's all you're getting.
1: Uh, any thoughts on Devontae Parker before we uh, move on to week number eight uh, across the pond?
0: Well, if Miami does want to trade him, he looked good, right? He upped his trade value there. He looked, he looked good. Maybe for the first time in his career, he looked good. So uh, there's something to that. Uh, I don't know if Miami will move him. We heard the uh, the agent pretty much blast, blast the head coach last week, saying he's incompetent. Not my words, that's the agent's words. Uh, Wow. And then Parker sort of had to backtrack from that saying, hey, those are his words, not mine. I have no problem with them. There's a lot of friction going on there. Uh, I do think this is one that eventually there will be a change of scenery. I don't know if they'll get it done by Tuesday at 4, where he's going to move on to another team. It's one of those things, Dan, where I think Miami would be open to moving him, but I don't think they'll get the draft pick they want. You know, they're not going to get a first rounder for him. I don't think they're going to get a first, second, or third for him. So would they be willing to move him for a fourth? Uh, Even it's a conditional fourth, you know, where it could possibly move to a third, I don't think they would do that. I think they, it's one of those uh, situations where the team's going to overvalue the player. They're going to want more for him than what's out there. You know, I don't think they're going to take the uh, you know the Damon, the, the Damon Harrison snacks deal that the Giants did, get a fifth round pick just to get the salary off their books. I don't think that's going to happen here. So I think he stays there. Yeah, once again, I think at best fantasy-wise, he's a reserve player where you're going to plug in if your bye weeks are killing you. You know, maybe you like the matchup. But also, he's played well He played well on the Osweiler. What if Tannehill's back next week? We haven't seen those two work together well at all. So not really a situation I want to get involved with. Even if he's moved, I really don't want to get involved in it.
1: Yep, uh, and I think the Cooper trade— and the, the amount of trades we've already seen this year, not astounding amount, but it, more than we do in, in recent uh, memory really sets an interesting bar for how much uh, a wide receiver is going to cost, how much an uh, offensive player is going to cost as these weeks, uh, these days go by leading up to Tuesday. It'll be intriguing to see what teams deem proper value uh, for those uh, potentially fringe offensive players like a Devonte Parker, like a Kelvin Benjamin guys who, We've seen fail more often than succeed. Uh, what real value do these teams put on them? It was funny uh, in the open. I nailed the Adam Thielen thing. Uh, drinkers forgot to show up, though. And that, that was the last thing I said. So uh, that, is, that is unfortunate, to say the least. We'll, we'll talk through uh, Week 8 and where we think the best matchups are, of course, as we move forward. want to start off uh, in London where apparently Dante Moncrief had a passport issue. He got there, you know, but Friday the story came across. uh, He was late to to London because he had a passport issue, Uh, had to fly on a commercial flight on his own, caught up with the team. Uh, Don't think that's going to necessarily have any bearing on how this game turns out. But nonetheless, it it is a funny story to tell about uh, grown men having trouble traveling when it's their job. Uh, Philadelphia and Jacksonville. In London, it is a nine thirty. Again, remember if your lineups lock with the first game, this could be a, a problem for you. So make sure uh, tonight, Saturday night, you at least have the lineup you want set, and then any changes you pivot to tomorrow morning. Um, two, three, and four teams: Philadelphia and Jacksonville. Uh, lots of talk of the Jacksonville potentially trying to trade for a new quarterback. Get Bortles. Uh, out of there because of the mistakes he's making. He came out and said, George, oh, I, I just can't worry about the mistakes. Well, somebody does. Uh, somebody has to play. Somebody has to worry about you making the mistakes. What do you make of this game, and uh, what pieces uh, would you be firing in, in your season long?
0: This game is it's, uh, uh, sort of a tale Have some issues, right? I mean, Jacksonville has some problems here. Last week, after the, they were fighting in the locker room, trying to beat the crap out of me. I imagine it's a defense that thinks that the offense is left, which is somewhat true. The defense played like well. So, strange situation. Uh, Bortles uh, came out and pretty much said, you know, I don't, I get it on the scapegoat. Uh, you can feel that way, Bortles. You, you have sucked. I mean, uh, you may be the scapegoat getting too much of the blame, but certainly a good portion of that blame does fall on you, and it's uh, your problem here. I think, uh, damn bottom line is, whichever team loses this game, they may be done.
1: They may, in fact, be done. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. Don't forget, it's at Dan Strafford, at George and at FNTSY Radio on Twitter, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the full lines in hour number two. Coming back with more on Fantasy Sports Day after this.
0: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 6879, the Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fancy source 24 hours a day.
1: Dan Strapper, George Kurtz here on Fantasy Sports Today, the Saturday morning edition. Talking week eight of the NFL, talking some Philadelphia Eagles and Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, Jags over there in uh, London to take on the Eagles and Georgia making the point that uh, the loser of this game is in tough shape when it comes to uh, the chase for the playoffs. You have uh the Eagles potentially making trying to you know make a move for a wide receiver or another skilled player here to help out this offense, and we talked about uh jacksonville what do you what do you make of mainly New York media pushing that Jacksonville should trade for eli Manning? <laughs> how how do, you,
0: how do you take that one george? Do you think Eli would help this team at all i don 't know how that makes any sense uh why they would want to take uh, it. they 're pushing that because Tom Kulland's there, you know and Coughlin does love Eli. Uh, the problem is, listen, when was the last time we had a quarterback traded midseason? He's yeah. going to pick up the offense, you know, getting chemistry with the other uh, receivers. How's that going to work? That's another problem with the Cooper deal. Same thing. I mean, he's going to pick up the offense and get chemistry at the quarterback. It just it doesn't work generally midseason. It's very tough. There's a reason why you have all those mini camps. You know, the May mini camp, the June mini camp. They got training camp, which is long. Because they, players need to work together. Uh, and you see all the time, even quarterbacks and wide receivers, generally they get together outside of these things during the offseason to work on their timing. So, uh, no, uh, Eli Manning's not going to be traded. I mean, we've seen with John, the Giants keep making the same mistake with Eli over and over again, sort of paying deference to him. where they You know, they want to cater to him. You know, the big hubbub last year when they, uh, they benched for Geno Smith. Benching him last year was the right call. You just can't do it for Geno Smith, you know, for, you know, a nobody. You know, there was somebody decent behind him. A uh, young kid, they should, uh, they should have have him for the rookie, uh, Webb at the time, and seen what he could do. He could, could have sold that. Same thing with Loletta this season, to see what this kid could do, see if he got to draft the quarterback. That's kind of the Giants' problem here. They keep misreading the situation, thinking Eli's going to turn it around because they see a couple of games. You think of the Monday night game. You know, Eli had big numbers against Atlanta, right? Big numbers, went through with 400 yards. And uh, you know what Gabe Morantzi said yesterday uh, was on with him was true. 400 yards in the NFL is the yeah the way the NFL is built nowadays. 30 yards a game is nothing in the NFL anymore. You got to get the 400 to really have a great game. That's just the way it is. The way NFL is built now nowadays, and I agree. That's what you're looking for here. Mike still can have moments. He can. Uh, but the bottom line is he he almost threw 420 20 points, and most of it was late. You know, he's a 20-20 he's to 20 guy, but he has trouble getting the team to the end zone inside the, uh, the red zone. He still feels the rush. He still sees the rush. That's a veteran quarterback who's been hit. Uh, and what were the Giants? And once again, open to this. Something, so, something to uh, always
1: keep an eye on uh, in the NFL is the narratives that come out. And that is uh, most definitely one that uh, found its way into the... Uh, Subconscious of the New York media, and I don't know that I saw it much outside. Uh, obviously, on Twitter, you can get into a very, very uh, isolated echo chamber when it comes to who you follow. And I do uh, still follow a lot of the the New York and New Jersey media, the the Daily Newses and posts of the world. It was very interesting to see, though, the narrative uh, that you might see Eli Manning traded. To George's point, I don't know if there's been a quarterback trade in season. Uh, of a starter you know of someone of worthwhile you know to talk about quick google search doesn't yield it if you guys know one if you if maybe your team did it um i can't think of one off the top of my head tweet at us over on uh, twitter at fnt uh, who was trading when uh, they were traded for uh pretty interesting storyline even though uh will not come to pass so this jaguars and uh Eagles game is a matchup uh, that obviously has pieces that you're going to fire uh, in your season-long leash simply because of where we are in the season. You know, this is that time of year where your your injuries, your bye weeks, all those different things are, are coming together. Uh, Zach Gertz has been as steady as any receiver in the game this year Um just 57 receptions, 618 yards, two scores. Seems to regularly get open. Saw someone make the comment that he's becoming that sort of steady receiver that you saw Jason be so long for, for Tony Romo in Dallas. And, and it's not wrong. You know, he, he's done a great job uh, that uh, just gets open. The guy just gets open day after day, week over week in the NFL. From a, a roster perspective, you're starting Wentz and Bortles, I don't know if you're starting Wentz here with this matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might be a game that for you East Coasters and even your West Coasters who want to wake up at 6.30 and roll out of bed and get your football on pretty early. This might be fire Earths and then let the rest ride. It's a minus three, 43 over under. I'm staying away from it from a wagering perspective. Let's be honest. Like it's a London game. It's two teams that can put up points. You know, the, as George just said, the NFL today with Eli throwing for over 400 yards, over 43 isn't that hard to get to in today's NFL, especially if Bortles on the field throwing picks. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles' defense gave you a, a, a nice showing here, simply because Bortles likes to give it away. Once has been really good. Protecting the football, he has uh, 1,500 yards passing, 10 TDs, just one interception. Uh, Bortles has uh, nine TDs to eight interceptions, so uh, definitely a possibility here that the Philadelphia Eagles defense uh, helps the scoring, and therefore, you know, I, I would stay away from the under. I, I make sure that I make sure that uh, I have uh, Earths going, and that's about it. You know, George, I, I don't see a ton of pieces here. Uh, outside of Zach Gertz that I feel overly comfortable with as we talk each week, the Jacksonville wide receivers are sort of a, a whack-a-mole when it comes to choosing who it's going to be uh, on any given week. Do you see anyone outside of Zach Ertz that you want to run out there uh, in season one?
0: No, as I said, the same thing yesterday. Uh, no. Uh, AJ Bowie is out. He's he didn't make the trip. But Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Alshon Jeffrey a lot. So that's going to limit his effectiveness. I know Jeffrey won't always play on the right side, so he'll get some of uh, the opposite corner there. But uh, not enough for me to be you know, recommending him as a start, maybe a flex play here. I do have Jeffrey in one league, and I'm not starting him. You know, and I have uh, other receivers I'll go to him uh, with over there. Uh, no thank you for Aguilar. You know, Ertz is a definite start. Wentz, of course, is most likely a start for you. But that's it. I'm not interested in the running game at all. And you said, Jackson, the Wackabo reference is a good one. That's really what it is. Good luck trying to figure out which one uh, is going to pop up this week and be that receiver, the, the number one, Moncrief, Westbrook, Cole. Uh, and the Eagles can be beaten in the secondary, but uh, I'm not banking on it. I'm not banking on which receiver, and I'm not banking on Borders to get the job done. And if he thought, you know, if he gets a turnover in his first, second series, do they go to Cody Kessler right away? No, thank you. And even the running game is no fun. Hey, Philadelphia is good against the run. I do think if I had a chosen Hyde or Yeldon, yeah, it would be Hyde. You know, I think that's why that's why they acquired him. But I don't think this is the week he has a huge game.
1: Right. I, I think and I think that's the concerning part is trying to make that choice between the two of them skill wise. Eyeball test. You probably say Hyde is the better running back and as you said, why they uh went out and got him was to play, obviously, you would hope. Uh But trying to make that decision this week seems like a a tough one. So outside of Ertz and Wentz, my favorite law firm in the NFL, um, I think that uh, there's not much to to really deal with in this contest. And I I was saying, George, I think the the 43 over under feels right. Like it feels like the number is pretty spot on. But even to your point about Eli Manning throwing for 400 yards, it feels like 43 is sort of... On the low side for the NFL period, listen, I know we'll get 17, 13 games. I know we'll have teams that are inept on offense for a game and just can't score. But it feels like that 42, 43 point is sort of going to be our baseline moving forward. Uh, Much like we're seeing in the NBA, everything's over 200 from an over-under perspective. I I tell you that I I ended up going down a uh, Knicks highlight uh, rabbit hole the other day. And I happened... uh, Well, back in the '90s, they did from time to time. I went to the Allen Houston uh, Miami Heat game when the Knicks were the eight seed, and the, the, Marv Albert brings it back and he goes, "What a game! Seventy nine, seventy eight, Miami Heat up by one." I was like, "Oh my god!" That was with th- uh, four seconds left in the fourth quarter. George, <laughs> like,
0: what right a different Different
1: game. Yeah, different game. Different game for sure. Uh, but just funny to hear how excited he was about a 79 78 game uh, as it came down to the the final whistle there. All right, let's, uh, let's continue on here. Uh, Wentz and Ertz and and then uh, the rest are the dregs. Uh, Hopefully you don't have to start anybody there in. We go next to Denver and Kansas city. Obviously, we have seen what Patrick Mahomes can do. Uh, we know also what the Kansas City defense cannot do, which is pretty much cover anyone. So uh, a game that should have uh, lots of offense and lots uh, to, to talk about here. It's currently a 53.5 over under. The Chiefs are minus 10 here at home. They have a 31.75 implied total. The Broncos with a 21.75 implied total. Uh, the, I'm seeing the line has dropped two points since open, not sure if that, that's on anything specific or just uh, a mispricing there from Vegas that they corrected over the course of the week. What uh, what do you got here? I assume it's firing pretty much anybody, uh, and I, I guess we'll eventually have to talk about the Denver backfield, but let's start on the Kansas City side of the ball. Anybody you're sitting here, like, is there any matchup that you don't like or anybody that might find their way out of your lineups?
0: You know, Denver was the team that slowed down Mahomes and uh I think it was week four offhand. They kept them at 27 points. Slowed them down. Kept them at 27. It's amazing. Uh, a couple of late touchdowns. Mahomes wins the game. That was in Denver. This one's in KC. They slowed them down and kept them at 27. Uh, as far as uh, money is concerned, I'm taking the over in this game. I can't see how it doesn't go over 54. They slowed them down with 27. It's already half the points right there. I think they'll get over 30 this week, and I think Denver will score some points as well. So I'll take my over there. Ten and a half, laying ten and a half stuff. Uh But I'm still probably leaning that way. I think the only way Denver covers that is that with a, a garbage time score late, in which, uh, in which case they got they down to 9, 8, whatever it is with the game is really over. As far as uh, Kansas City, I mean, who aren't you starting? Mahomes, Hunt, Watkins, Hill, Well, Kelsey. You're starting them all, all right. If you're going any deeper than that, okay, we can talk here. But there, uh, you know, I write the uh, on, on Wednesdays. I write the defense column, which is how do you how do, how cool you can start to attack a defense. And Kansas City's easy. All your regulars go. I mean, really, all your regulars go, and the guys I just mentioned. Unless you're going deeper than that, there's really nothing to talk about here with KC. Those are the players you're starting.
1: And it's uh, this should be a fun one. It should be a fun offensive game, and if you're looking for defense, I don't know that you're necessarily gonna find much here. So uh, buckle in. I'm I'm with on the over. Uh, It does feel like that's uh, maybe a point or two low, uh, especially now that it's uh, dropped to fifty three and a half. Uh, This is a a Denver defense that's more by name than actual. I mean, they're fine. Like it's a a fine defense, um, but just one that overall. Uh, struggles against the run more than the pass. And uh, I wonder how you feel uh, about that. And also, what are you making of the Denver backfield with the injuries, with uh, who's going to be in there, and and do you find any value therein? Uh, Maybe somebody who's in a a league where you can pick somebody up a day of. uh, Any value in in trying to hunt and peck who's going to be the main guy there?
0: Well, yeah, the fun part as far as valuation is definitely uh, Denver. It's really All over the place all right. Uh, you want to start the backfield Lindsey's a start, he's a running. He's a high end running back too PPR or, or standard uh, It was even standard, he'll get an, enough catches Where there'll be runs out in the flat That's what they are, they're just uh, extended runs So you're starting Lindsey, Freeman's out Which is nice, So uh, if you're a Lindsey owner You don't have to worry about that So uh, Lindsey's going to be the guy there um, Would you start Booker? I mean, uh, that's a question I've been asked a bunch this week uh, Does Booker sort of get the Freeman role here Booker's not an automatic start by any means. Now he's dealing with an injury as well, by the way. So first we have to assume he plays, which uh, you're going to need to check your, uh, you know, your inactives. And this is, I don't think, no, this is a one o'clock game, so you'll know at 1:30, 11:30 uh, if he's going to play. But he, this is a roster decision. Uh, what I mean by this, it's who else you have on your roster. You're not blindly putting him in. Yeah, you know, who else? Who are you taking out of your roster to put Booker in here? So the, that's the what you're going to look at there. Like I said, Booker's dealing with an ankle injury for those who are wondering, but uh, he's certainly in start consideration. Case Keenum, not as I can't put him as a quarterback one. Dan, I want to because it's Kansas City and he should have a good game, but he's been way too inconsistent this year. He's a super flex play. He's a two quarterback play, but as far as uh, a quarterback one play in one quarterback leagues, no, no, unless. Uh, I, mean, I keep going through the list here Possible quarterbacks Starting quarterbacks That I could take out for him I already mentioned earlier He's not someone I would have put in Over Watson on Thursday Even though I would take Watson out in other leagues uh, Wentz Because he's playing Jacksonville No I'll go with Wentz you know, He looked good last week Looks like the Wentz of old here Russell Wilson Nope Playing Detroit I- I'll go with Russell uh, I don't think it's a great matchup there But I'll go with it I don't consider Derek Carr A number one uh, quarterback anyway So I'm not going there Same thing with Flacco I could uh, It's an interesting question I could, at the beginning of the week, Dan, have thought about putting him in over Cam Newton. Cam Newton's got a rough sure. matchup. All right, got a rough matchup. Baltimore may be the best defense in the NFL. Even Jabri struggled last week. It is at home in Carolina. And I was worried about the shoulder injury. Yeah, even though you knew Cam would play, but you're worried about the shoulder injury because, Dan, does that mean no running for Cam or limited running right. for Cam? You're going to need those runs to have him have a good fantasy day. So uh, I could th- I thought about him over Cam, but in the end, I don't... I have Cam in, I don't. I have Cam in one league, but I don't have Case in that league. I do have Case in a couple of a deeper uh, two quarterback leagues, but I don't think I could I think I click on that <laughs> on my team. I just don't think I can do that and feel good about myself putting a Keenum in over Cam Newton. So that's where I'm with uh, with Case. Uh, I think he's only a start in two quarterback leagues, only starting super flex leagues. You're starting Emmanuel Sanders, of course. I think the receivers are interesting. Is this Demarius Thomas' his last game in uh, Denver? He seemed to it, uh, you know, he said it early in the week. You know uh, that he knows his time in Denver is coming to an end. That doesn't mean it's by Tuesday. It could mean it's after the season when they cut him. Cortland Sutton's there playing well, and Keenum looks for Sutton in the red zone. So Thomas, I'm starting. Sutton is another guy. Depends on who else you have, but I'm leaning yes.
1: Any uh, streamer interest in someone like here? I hope I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. Harriman. Uh, Jeff Harriman for Denver, I think he led the team in targets last week. Um, haven't seen him owned in pretty much any league. Uh, any interest as somebody at, at a tight end spot that can be dicey week over week as a potential shootout game. Somebody you uh, plug into your lineup and hope for the best?
0: I mean, as a tight end, it's been a vast wasteland this year. I mean, it's been rough. A lot of injuries there. Some guys have come back. Ingram and Olson now, so you should be okay at tight end. This is not a brutal week as far as tight ends on the uh, on buy. It's really only Austin Hooper, who's barely a top twelve himself. So I'm going to say no. Uh, generally no. Uh, there's a chance, of course, that your tight end is not playing very well. But I'm looking at I'm looking at tight ends. You might put Hoerman over. I mean, Jordan Reed's been extremely disappointing. How ironic is Reed? Finally healthy, and you're healthy. still putting up yes. nothing. I, that, that's a killer. It drives me insane, Dan. I, I only have him one league, but it's making me mad. You know, Rudolph has been disappointing. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't look for him as much, which is strange because he did look for Reed. So he likes the tight end, but he's looking for Thielen uh, early and often. Uh, I mean, Ben Watson, but uh, I think I would start Watson over him. No, bottom line is uh, I can't make it argument for human unless you're really, really desperate at a tight end.
1: And I, I will apologize. I mispronounced Jeff Hyreman. So H-E-U-E is high somehow. Not like, not like hey. I did any better. No, I, I led you astray with with how I pronounce it. Uh, I, You know, Hyreman, somebody I might roll in some DFS lines. We'll talk a bit more, uh, close out this game, and obviously move on in uh, week number eight in the NFL. Dan Traver, George Kurtz here, Fantasy Sports Today, back with more after this. playing daily fantasy sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries. Try the prop Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Book, forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to MyBookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchup using the Props Builder tool. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. We roll on here, uh, the 1 o'clocks: so Jets and Bears. The 3-4 New York Jets, the 3-3 three three Chicago Bears. Looking as though, George, the Jets could be without Quincy Inunua, could be without Robbie Anderson. Uh, they uh, bring in Richard Matthews. Uh, they may bring back Terrell Pryor after cutting him from his injury uh, a week or so ago. Um, and then you have Drain Curse, who just didn't show up at all last week. This is a, a team we've leaned on a little bit from time to time from a DFS perspective, but not necessarily a matchup I love. Not a, a, a team I'm going to go to much here. What do you make of the Jets' matchup against the, the Chicago
0: Bears? Well, you said it. I mean, curse uh, no. Uh, Bear, I mean, I recommended him last week and puts up the big donut. But no Enuma. Robbie Anderson, probably not. They released Terrell Pryor. Shard Matthews, they just signed. I don't know how much he knows the office where he's going to be a big play in this game. So it, it's tough to trust anything here. Uh, it truly is. Uh, I want to go with curse again. I do want to go back to that because I don't think there's anybody else left. But there was a similar situation last week. It was just him and Robbie Anderson last week. It didn't work out. They should have to throw the ball some here. But Al Powers also. He's on IR. So the passing game is limited to say the least here. Uh, it's curse or Bust pretty much. That's the only person I'll trust there. But curse comes in as a flex play. Uh, hard to trust him after last week. Chicago. You know, they're in a similar, similar situation. People don't realize this. Alan Robinson's iffy. I know he got a limited practice yesterday. He has the hamstring injury. He was bust last week as well. He tried to play through it and didn't. Didn't play well at all. So who, we don't know if he'll be effective this week, even if he does play. So that's a problem there. The Jets are decimated in the secondary. They have some guys coming back, Buster Scry, and finally might play through the concussion. Oh, I guess he's recovered from the concussion, I should say. So they'll get somebody back. But they were leading up passing yardage anyway. And they have other issues as well here. So Trubisky does come in as a possible quarterback that they can replace Matt Ryan, you know, replace Phillip Rivers, who are out on by. But he could also be somebody you trust uh, over one of your other quarterbacks that doesn't have the greatest matchup because of who he's playing. And the fact that he has 11 touchdowns through the air over the last uh, three weeks. And he's running. These guys become the new Cam Newton. He's running about 60 yards a game, once again, averaging over the past three weeks. So uh, that's pretty damn good He's putting up great fantasy numbers. Dan, he doesn't look good NFL-wise when you watch him. He still has issues as far as being a quarterback, a passing quarterback. But fantasy-wise, he's starting to remind me a little bit of James Winston. NFL-wise, yeah, not good. Fantasy-wise, gold putting up points here every week. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I keep thinking here. So Trubisky is someone I'm, I could definitely put in my starting line, but I don't know if I trust anybody outside of Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen. So I don't want the wide receivers, but I'll take the, the secondary guys, the tight end. I'll take Cohen catching balls out of the backfield. If we're going to talk about Jordan Howard, I don't know what to tell you. I mean uh, – It's, if he it's, get, it's I, a, touch, a touchdown or bust. It's touchdown yeah, or bust for I, him. Like, it really exact, is. exactly where I was going. If he scores, he'll have a good fantasy day. If he doesn't, he's looking at probably 40, 50 yards and blah. They're not using him in the passing game anymore. So he's a low-end running back, too.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I'm right there with you. And I I love Jordan Howard coming into the year. Thought that we saw all the things coming together for the Bears offense. You make the point about Trubisky. You watch him. He throws off his back foot a lot. He throws off his back foot a lot and makes some mistakes there. But the running, obviously everyone saw the, I think it was an eight-yard official game, but it was over 70 yards covered uh, in his touchdown run last week. Pretty sure uh, he is second in the league uh, for quarterbacks for rushing yards on the season and does make up for uh, the mistakes he makes in doing so. This is a really intriguing game to me for Trubisky, for Trey Burton, as you said, and Tariq Cohen, I think all of them uh, have... Upside. The Jets defense has really struggled of late. If you look at sort of overall season stats, you may not see it, but over the past three weeks, they have just looked terrible. And so I have no problem running Trubisky out there in in some GPP lineups this weekend. Uh, With the obvious upside, I'd probably pair him with Cohen and Burton. Go go for three uh, stack there. uh, And maybe take a shot on one of the wide receivers in a different lineup. Uh, Just hoping that uh, that's the one who gets the volume this week. Jets side. You obviously have Bilal Powell out with the neck injury, which gives Isaiah Crowell a ton of volume. I just don't see this being a good week for the Jets' offensive players at all. I think the Bears' defense actually has some gigantic upside. And for all the talk about Sam Darnold and how great he looks, he's been fine. But he, I don't think he's had a single top 12 fantasy start week this year. And not that a rookie should, per se, but we've heard so many analysts keep praise on the throws he makes. It's been a struggle for him. And, and when you don't have your top wide receivers, it's going to be uh, even more of a struggle having to pick guys off of the uh, practice squad and the waiver wire in the NFL. This isn't fantasy I'm talking about. In the NFL itself, uh, can always be a dangerous thing. Let's move on to Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Uh, the Tampa Bay defense, uh, one that uh, has given us plenty of ups to start the year. Uh, the pass defense still ranks dead last in DVOA over there on Football Outsiders. Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton disappoints. <laughs> Dalton has a tendency uh, in the in the great matchups, uh, in the big matchups, to to not come through. Uh, that is anecdotal. I've not crunched any numbers there, but it sure feels like when he's in his best spots, uh, is when he struggles the most. Uh, Twenty nine implied total for the Bengals. Twenty five point five for Tampa Bay. A fifty four and a half over under. Minus three and a half is the spread here. It opened at minus six. So uh, a decent amount of movement there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, gaining uh, a point and a half or or a and three quarters uh, over the course of the week. I assume, George, this is fire them all. Uh, You you made point of it, you know, if you have any Bengals, this is the sort of week you start them. If you're not starting them, why do you have them? Uh, But what what, what, what do you you got here? Are there matchups you don't like? Are there players you would sit uh, in this matchup?
0: Oh, you stole my line. I I, I learned, I'm
1: learning from the best. I'm I'm picking it up. (laughs) Uh, Imitation is the highest form of flattery, George.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's something I like to say. Uh, If you have a Bengal on your roster and you're not starting him, why is he on your roster? Uh, And it's true. Uh, Listen, the Bengals were terrible anyway on defense, right? Terrible. And they've suffered several injuries now. Quan Alexander's gone. Uh, I mean, uh, McCoy's hurt. Uh, He's probably not playing. They have issues all over the place here. I can't think of a bangle you could pass John Ross that you could possibly have, and you could think about not starting him. I mean, really, Boyd goes, Green goes, Mixon goes, Dalton goes. He's in my top ten. I He's gonna have a big week. Now you did say something that's it's very true. You wouldn't come out and say it. I'll come out and say it. The Bengals, Dalton, prime time talk. Okay, learned learned a lesson last week, uh, and I knew this uh, the numbers going in about prime time. You know that Dalton generally doesn't play all that well, but you think it's KC, no defense, no problem. All right, It's a great opportunity to get rid of that moniker. Well, no, that didn't work. You know, forget it. I, I won't start him on prime time anymore. But, hey, this is a 1 o'clock start. We don't have to worry about that. All right? It's at home. I think uh, he'll be fine. I think the whole offense will be fine. So I'm starting all my bangles here. Uh, John Ross like, is the one guy we can talk about. Uh, and, once again, if, I guess, it, you listen, it's receivers. You could have a very deep receiving core where maybe John Ross doesn't go. I can see that, but if he's on your roster, man, I gotta think you're seriously considering putting him in the flex position here. Ha- almost have to. Azuma is another guy we can uh, chat about here. He's in my top twelve, but he's in that he's in that nine to twelve range. You know, uh, the problem with Azuma seems to be this: in between the twenties, Dalton doesn't really look for him, so he's going to be touchdown dependent as well. But Dalton is looking for him in the red zone. That seems to yep. be where Dalton likes to use the tight end, we've seen that before with Tyler Eifert. That's where Dalton looks for the big target in the red zone. So once again, he, you're going to need that touchdown. He's not going to get you know six balls and 72 yards. He's really going to get that three balls, 38 yards, and you got hope one of those balls a to touchdown to get you double-digit fantasy points. That's where Zuma falls. in. for me, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Uh, the running Winston's the top 10. So you take you're, you're starting Winston. The running game's a nightmare. I think they are starting to make that transition to Ronald Jones a little bit, very slowly. You know, it's not all Jones. It's still Barber. Right now, neither one looks special. You know, so I, I'm dying to start either one here. I think I'd rather not. I'd have to be pretty desperate, really, to go with Jones or Barber here. I want to stay away. The passing game, though, is the passing game. Uh, you're certainly starting Mike Evans, and looks like you always are. Godwin or Deshaun Jackson it does come down to what else you have there. Uh, that We know the opportunities will be there, especially for Godwin. Winston is looking for him. Deshaun Jackson hasn't made those big plays, those big split plays now since Ryan Fitzpatrick went out. Right. So uh, it's not, run, I don't know if they're, run, if they're running the same routes or which doesn't look for those routes. He looks for the other guys there. I still want to start these guys. I do because the, the volume is there and the chance for a big play is there. But when it comes down to Jackson and Godwin, they're in the wide receiver three flex range. Certainly, guys I'm probably putting in my lineup, but not absolutes.
1: All right. Uh, this is going to be one of the fun ones from an offensive perspective. Uh, I think uh, obviously it's up there with the Kansas City and Denver game. Which, over. which game over. has more points? Yeah, I was, gonna, that's, <laughs> I was going there, but which game scores more points? Is it
0: uh, Kansas City, Denver, or Bengals, Tampa Bay? You know, Dan, when it comes to to betting, uh, I don't think Vegas has made the adjustments yet. That the NFL is is it's cha ching. It's all about offense now. I mean, we're seeing it. What's what's the uh, the numbers? A thousand more points scored over last year. It's a ten percent jump. That's an incredible jump. <laughs> You yep. know, at the NFL, every rule is dedicated towards the offense. And although, listen, the, the over-unders are higher than uh, they have been, but there's only a couple of points higher. And I'm having much more success on over-unders, and by that by that, I mean overs, than I am straight up, you know, betting the lines. Uh, it's just, it's when the over's high, take the over. And they're Because they're crushing it. They're not, you know, this is, a, what is it, 57, 57 and a half? This is a game where it won't be 58, 59, it'll be 66, 67, 70. They're crushing these overs. And I don't see this being any different. I don't. Of course, normally they don't want to bite it. You know, maybe Denver and KC they do play some defense. Maybe Cincinnati does play some defense here. But until I see it, I'm going to keep keep hitting it. I think my three favorite overruns this week are this game, the KC game, and a game we'll talk about later, the Green Bay the Rams. I think they're all going to go over. I don't think these defenses are just. And I don't think I don't think it's the defense's fault, Dan. It's just the NFL doesn't want defense. They don't want it. You know, it's like all these sports. They want you know as many points as possible. They want a basketball game out there. And uh, so I'm going to keep hitting the overs. I'm going to keep attacking them until uh, adjustments are made here. Uh, I think points are going to be scored by the bucket load here. So, yes, I think this game is going over as well. I think Cincinnati wins the game. I do, but I think this game goes well into the overs where they're both scoring in the 30s.
1: The weather's not great here, uh, but I don't think that's really going to influence much. It's uh, temperatures in the the high 50s, a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, but I, I see the over here as well. Maybe we can you know the nba with the scoring everyone's uh, uh shooting three pointers um uh, maybe we can make a touchdown from 40 yards out or more worth 7 points and st- i'm kidding but um could be fun get like rock and jock football going do you remember the rock and jock basketball game back in the day on mtv
0: yeah you know it's uh it's funny to bring that i've always had weird ideas like that too you know uh it you may, it may make field goals, different points, depending on where you kick the field goal from. You know, they back to the exactly. extra point to make it more exciting, right? Uh, as a hockey guy, I always thought, you know what? Let's have three different colored pucks out there. You know, a black, uh, a red, and a blue. And depending on which one you score, you get different points for. Let these guys chase around three different pucks and uh, see how <laughs> much fun it is. Oh my,
1: the goalies, oh, my God. I mean. The goalies
0: would go insane, right? They'd, they'd, they'd be dead after a while. Maybe baseball should go back. You know, Charlie Finley, uh, Chuck Finley back in the day, wanted to use an orange baseball. Could see it better. I kind of agree with that, especially yep. at night. Go with, go with a bright orange baseball. You know, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one inning a year. You do something random. Oh, it's the sixth inning today. A home run's hit in the sixth inning. I have two points. Uh, two runs. I don't know.
1: Well, game over. I game see. over. Just like you had know, a home I, run in yeah, the huh. sixth. Game's over.
0: Listen, we could have used that last night, right, rather than an 18-inning World uh, uh, Series game. But uh, I, these, these these ideas are idiotic, folks. I get it. It's just fun to think about and throw out there. But, uh, yeah, why, why not? Why not have a little fun?
1: Uh, we might need some fun here in Seattle. Detroit, two, three, and three teams. Uh, Seattle going Hard towards that 8-8 eight and eight I talked about to start the year. Um, they sa- find ways to win somehow with Russell Wilson, but uh, nonetheless, still not a, a, a great team out there in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Detroit here at 3-3 three and three as well. Uh, a game that I honestly, as I went through the week, didn't pay a ton of attention to, but they're expecting offense here. 39.5 points uh, over, under, minus 3 in favor of Detroit. Detroit. Um, You know, the Detroit wide receiver core has been a little bit hard for me to nail down this year. Um, I completely agree that um, you've seen Marvin Jones take a step back. Kenny Galladay, uh, affectionately known by some as Baby Tron, uh, has uh, made the steps forward to be a, a legitimate wide receiver threat there for Matthew Stafford. And then you have other pieces in the backfield that maybe have uh, major question marks week over week. And for Seattle, I don't know what to make of this team. I, I just stay away for the most part. I'll play some Russ uh, on his own in some GPPs just because of the potential. He'll have a big running game. He'll get back to it somehow or another. Uh, but what's this game for you? Is it, is it one you're interested in? Is it one that has pieces that you're firing off?
0: Oh, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in pretty much all around here. Fantasy-wise, I have Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford in several leagues. Uh of fact, in one league, I have to make a choice of between the two. You know, and I have them back-to-back in my rankings, so I'm trying to, uh, trying to figure out which one I should start over the other here. All right. Russell Wilson's not running as much, or at all, really. And I wonder why. You know, has Pete Carroll told him, listen, stop. I can't take a chance of you getting hurt. Can't get, get you beat up. You're getting up there. You're getting older here. Is that what's going on here? But that... That is hurting his fantasy value. He's not running. All right, so that's a problem. Uh, Detroit, are we, they they uh, they got David Harrison. But I don't know how much he's going to be uh, – how much he's going to know what defense this week can be able to play, be a full-time starter here. But Detroit has had a hard time. They've been terrible stopping the run this year. Do I trust Chris Carson? I'll take advantage of that. Mike Davis, Rashad Penny. Uh, Carroll seems to be using them all now, which I don't mind, by the way. I don't. But it, t- it makes it tough for fantasy to rely on which one. You know, as far as the Detroit receivers are concerned, you put it right. I mean, Golden Tate's the the volume guy. Galladay's probably their best overall receiver right now. He's taking that next step, that jump. Uh, and Babytron is is an accurate description. He's not Megatron, all right. He's not that guy, but he has the same body build as them and they use him the same way. Big, uh, big arm length. You know, he can go out and get balls that aren't perfectly thrown there. Marvin Jones is taking a step back. He has. He's the third guy of this list here. Carry uh, on Johnson. Love him. You know, I think he's a very good, uh, maybe that I probably I shouldn't say maybe. He's there, the best back they've had since Barry Sanders. The problem is, like Garrett Blunt is going to vulture. It seems like every damn touchdown that this guy gets, which limits his fantasy value because you're not going to get 150 plus yards on the ground each and every week like he had last week to make his fantasy day fine, even without the touchdown. You're going to you get a lot of 80 yard gains, and that's it. That's it because Blunt took the touchdown. Yep. So it's uh, it's annoying. It's, it's downright annoying. <laughs> If you're a Johnson owner Uh, with Seattle, Baldwin's back and he looks like to be the Baldwin of old. But he's going to see a lot of Darius Slay. Slay's not Ramsey, but he may be the next best thing. He'll slow this thing down. There's nobody I'm in love with here, Dan, because I think this game's 24, 21. uh, Decently high scoring, but not, you know, not a shootout.
1: Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day in our second hour, which is coming up after this break. We'll break down the rest of the games and get to your calls and your tweets at FNTSY Radio. Get at us. We want to hear from you right here on Fantasy Sports Today.